a rainy Tuesday, WSIC listeners. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley of Community Centered with my co-hostess, Margie Kyle, on this rainy Tuesday. And I hear you're quite a hot woman. I am. I'm electrifying. Absolutely. In many, many ways. Yes. So this past (laughs) Saturday, I thought I saw the Lord appear in my living room, but instead it was lightning. We got struck by lightning in our home on Saturday, and it was... um, Quite disturbing. That has to be terrifying. It really was. It was, it was, you know how when people talk about an out-of-body experience? It was, <laughs> I came out of my body <laughs> during that experience. And, you know, it's funny. Um, earlier in the day, I had been talking with a friend of mine who, and this is so appropriate to our show today, who had recently lost her mother. And she'd asked me the question, how do you know if your loved one has made it to heaven? Oh. And and so we had this deeply spiritual conversation, and I said to her, all you have to do is just ask, and you will receive a sign. And so I said to her, for instance, when my dad um, was going through his hospice journey, he had said to me that to make sure uh, at Christmas I had the red and green Christmas lights out. And I said, Dad, your Christmas lights never made a difference to you before. Why red and green? And he said, so I can see them from heaven. So for me, Christmas lights now have a particularly special meaning. That's beautiful. So during this lightning strike that we had, I went up into the attic and I said to my husband, I'm, um, I think the roof might be on fire, so I'm going to go check on things. So I went up there and I opened the door and the entire attic was illuminated. And I looked down where all the Christmas decorations and all of our battery-operated Christmas lights were on. Were they green and red? They were white, which would be my preference. (laughs) So um, it was kind of freaky. And so since we've had the electrician and everybody else out, since we lost so much, um, we had so much damage, they call it an electromagnetic force field. And the the force was so great that battery-operated things got turned on as well. So I have learned... In the last few days, Marky, so much about electricity, which I have a very high regard for. And um, I am just going to just say that um, as we get ready for these next few storms that might be coming in Florida and up the coast, I'll be praying for all of those people's protection and that the, um, the electricity doesn't become an issue for them. So I am excited about today's guest. I know that he is a dear friend to you, and he's a friend to me, and I know he's a friend to many in this community. But there's a few things that folks might not know about him. So I I do my research, and number one is... Happy belated birthday, Jim Cooper. Oh, thank you very Fire. much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I am When's so, his birthday? It was last week. When was it, Jim? Oh, August 26th. Yeah. August 26th. Just a okay. few days ago, Jim Cooper celebrated a birthday. And I think in the in the business and the world that he lives in, celebrations of birthdays are really important. Yes, they are. And he's he's kind of a special guy, this Jim yeah. Cooper. I don't know if everybody knows Jim Cooper in the other capacity as his musical talent mm. that he is. <laughs> he tries. He is an incredible guitar player. I have seen him on numerous occasions at a particular restaurant enjoying him. And he is very entertaining. And I, I, I hope and I imagine that his um, musical prowess has something to do with his self-care. 
because of the work that he does. So I, I'm hoping, Margie, that we get that question answered in our interview today oh, with sure him. I know that our listeners here on Community Centered, where we are building community with hope and a smile, are going to be delighted to know a few things about you, Mr. Jim Cooper. Thank so, you so much. I am hoping, with a smile, that yes. we get to find out some things about you that not everybody knows. So, Margie, we are going to have a great show today, don't you think? I do. I wanted to backtrack just a minute. Okay. Um, and we need to give them a phone number to call in if they want to. Absolutely. So if you have any questions for Jim Cooper um, in regards to any hospice issues, you can call 844-STUDIO-4, or that's 844-788-3464. And you're listening to WSIC 105.9 FM radio. Last week we talked about uh, with Mrs. Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mrs. Brady. You know, seniors relocating, and I know that you're going through that with your mother. Absolutely. And I had done a seminar for Jim Cooper a couple years ago, and for his group, which we'll talk about uh, in the hour as well. And there was a a service there called Neighbor Force. Okay. They don't. They're not nurses, and they're not trained to come and bathe and care for. But if your mother should happen to have a doctor's appointment and you can't take her, they do that kind of a service, which I think is a huge service to seniors. That's fabulous. You know, most of the senior information that I've learned, I've learned through Jim Cooper and his uh, community health group that he has in the meetings. I've met some amazing people, yes, and yes. Um, I'm delighted to have that resource. Because I have leaned into several of those in these last few months as we get ready to transition my mom into um, retirement living at Williams Place in Davidson. So we are excited about that transition. I don't know how excited she is. But we did um, we did talk about this yesterday, and they have moved. My mom and dad moved, I think, thirty eight times in their lifetime. And my mother married my dad at eighteen. So moving into her own place that's going to be a whole new experience. is a whole new experience mm-hmm. at eighty five. And yeah. so we're trying to sell it that this is um, a great independent um, lesson for her and something to be excited <laughs> she about. She doesn't want to learn it at her. She, <laughs> she, she's like, I don't understand why we have to change. So anyway, um, I um, am thrilled that you can give me that resource, Margie, because yeah. I'm I'm a resource kind of person. And the good news about me is that I will always pass on resources. Yeah. So if anyone... Well, um, and that's where we became close was because your dad was in hospice mm-hmm. care and my husband was in hospice care. Mm-hmm. And we had the same nurse. Absolutely. And we I, had the same love coming back to us. Yes. And I, I think Margie and I, I think we grew closer yeah. through that experience of understanding hospice, its philosophy, its resources, its um, empathy, all of the things that it is. I, um, back in the day, many, many years ago, this is going back to my Connecticut days, I was hospice trained um, to help children who were going through grief yes. at yes. a place called the Dougie Center. And so as a social worker, and I'm an old social worker at that, this is where I did, I think, some of my best work. Yeah. Um, so I have a high regard and a high respect for the hospice community and folks that are working in it. And the nurse that we shared in common, Karen, is literally an angel on earth. Yes. yes. 
Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I'm um, excited to hear about some maybe hard conversations that we're going to have with Jim, but also some yeah. delightful. When we come back, we are going to introduce you to Jim Cooper with Via. I think that is their new name. We're going to learn about that. I tell a funny story about him oh, first. I can <laughs> hardly wait for funny. I love Funny and hospice are going to be good. Not at my expense, please. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that conversation. I'm looking forward. Again, if you have any questions or you want to call, 844 When we get back from break, we are going to be introduced to Mr. Jim Cooper by my co-host, Margie Kyle, as we are building community with hope and a smile right here on WSIC, streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. (laughs) See you when we get back. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Margie and Debbie, where we are building community with hope and a smile. I'm Debbie O'Hanley, Executive Director of the Hope House Foundation, and I'm here with my friend, Margie Kyle, founder of Little Smiles, and our friend, Jim Cooper. Margie, take it away. Well, I just have to tell a very funny story about Jim. Um, When I first started Little Smiles 12 years ago, Pam Mange was on our board. And Pam was with Kids Path with hospice. And so I got trained, and we did a ton with hospice. Pam retired, and when I met Jim again, um, we've met, our lives have crossed many times. They have, they have. Um, And Jim said, I have a child that really could use a little pick-me-up. So I said, bring him to storage. And we have two full storage units, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I got this big, huge black garbage bag. And I said to this little tiny guy, here you go, fill it up. And Jim's going, no, no, no. (laughs) Save some for others. (laughs) And I said, no, no, no. We'll be here all day if we tell him that he can only have one toy, you know. So that was sort of how we got back uh, connected again. And obviously when my husband became ill, you were the first one I called. Thank you. Because to me, hospice is family, always has been, and puts the care and the comfort back into the homes of the people that need it the most. Mm, good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So Jim is um, the educational and resource manager, but you had a much better way to tell what you did. I don't know that it's more descriptive, but uh, it was strategic account manager. Okay. So it's well, my job to reach out to the community, educate them on how we can be helpful, and um, really help people understand how exactly hospice is designed okay. to help the entire community, but yes. especially the patient as and their immediate family members and friends. Well, and that... to me, my goal has been to get that word hospice out there is a giving word, sure. a loving word. And then I heard you just changed your name. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> this has been 25 years of trying to promote you guys as to hospice. So now what is your new name? So let me let me first say nothing changes what we do and who we are. Okay. So it is still hospice and palliative care, and those are our only service lines. That's how we serve the community. But it is via health partners. Via, everyone always asks, what does it stand for? Yeah. Via is by way of or along beside. It's the word. It doesn't stand for anything, but it's the word. Just like you would go to Cornelius via Huntersville. 
Um, so it's by way of us. We want to extend excellent care to those who need us most by way of us. The same excellent care along beside us. We want to walk that journey with people. And we want oh, to that's walk a beautiful way to really put it. Is. I yeah. Love it. I do. Yeah. Now, if somebody is just getting into uh, the situation where they have a loved one who may be facing death mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. when should they call hospice? That's the big question. The big question. <laughs> so, Probably the best thing is that people start to have open conversations with their primary care physician, with family and friends, and that can help them determine uh, whether or not it it is the right time or not. But basically, according to Medicare guidelines, a person needs to, a person has to be having serious health issues that might threaten their life. And doctors have to say that a person might be in their last six months of life expectancy. Okay. Now that doesn't have that doesn't mean people have to pass during that time. We have several people, many people actually, under our care for much, much longer than yeah. that. Yeah. People surprise us. Uh, they have a new will to live. Well, and sure. you give such yes. good care. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's remarkable that sometimes uh, when we sit down and meet with people and look at what, where they've been, the journey that they've been, been walking, the healthcare journey and the progression, yeah. um, we, we take a look at it in a fresh way. A lot of times people are on so many medications, some of them might be working against each other. And so it's time to take a fresh look at it. And often people do far better by just having a new approach to the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it changed when my husband was diagnosed with his disease. I said to him at 530, I'm getting two glasses of wine and we need to sit down and really have a talk. And when I broached the subject of perhaps it's time for hospice, he said, I was hoping you'd feel that way. I mean, he was so open to Mm -hmm. it. You Mm -hmm. did have that talk. Mm -hmm. We did. (laughs) Courageously, yes, and openly. Yeah. Um, You know, there's there's no easy way to broach this. Right. And people have asked me, is it easier if they die very quickly? I had four years. I'm very grateful for that because we changed our plans and really had time to work through what we mm-hmm. wanted. Now, we didn't have hospice for four years. Mm-hmm. We had you for about a year and a half. Okay. And um, But I'll tell you, we talked often about Karen because she mm-hmm. was, you called me an angel last week. Karen's the angel. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. the angel. <laughs> and it just, it helps so greatly to have hospice mm-hmm. there. When you're facing health issues and your partner's concerned and your partner's all of a sudden not feeling well again or worse or something happens or they fall, hospice is right there. Well, and without us, a lot of times people will have to go to the hospital for any type of care that they need. Hospice is designed to come to people where they are in the comfort of their own living situation, whether that's in an assisted living or a nursing home or the comfort of their own home. We come to people where they are. And that's what makes and the no difference. And no matter what time. I can remember no Lee what fell. Time. Mm-hmm. It was probably about 2.30 one night, and hospice was there by 3. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think making the decision to um, come to the hospice is a, is a 
emotional, it is. spiritual um, decision that you and Lee did in such a beautiful way to have that conversation and make sure that the patient and the caregiver mm-hmm. were on the same page. Because I think that's what you need to do in order to be successful sure. is to work together with Absolutely. it and, and be open with your communication and your honesty. I mean, my with, in my dad's particular situation, we had a week and it was the most incredible week of his life that yeah. I will never um, regret having shared with him because he we just it was an incredible journey and to have someone as compassionate and as empathetic as Karen to facilitate that not only from the care she gave as a nurse in a physical way but also in the emotional and spiritual way there were days when she would take my mom aside and say are you okay yeah. are you taking care of yes. you yeah. and so many times when you're in a situation like that as the caregiver you're not thinking about eating you're not thinking about all these yeah. things but to know that you had a team of people that were there with you that you could ask or reach out or question was, I think, so comforting for all of us in the family. And I know, Margie, the conversations that you and I had about that were just, just, just ask. Well, and I have to tell a really funny story. When my mother was going through the process, I called hospice because I knew I couldn't deal with her alone. <laughs> and, um, she was in assisted living by then, and she used to say to me, if you put me in that circle <laughs> of people in wheelchairs around the nurse's station, I will come back to haunt you. <laughs> and so hospice, the gal, the nurse from hospice called me one night, and she said, your mother is just being obnoxious. I want you to to uh, hang up, and I'm going to call you back. I said, no, I'm not hanging up. I know how she's going to sound, but you just go out of the room, knock on the door, come back in. And, of course, mother's screaming at the hospice nurse to, I don't need you, and I'm fine. But I said, you go tell her that you're going to put her in the circle. (laughs) (laughs) And that did the trick. Within seconds, (laughs) she starts screaming, no, no, not the circle. And the nurse said to me, why didn't you tell me that? Months ago, and I said, oh, I was waiting till you just about had had your last little yeah. <laughs> bit of her. And so for the rest of her life, she said, that was the most fantastic thing you could have told me. <laughs> so I said, you know, Mrs. Gale, if you're not nice, I'm going to put you in the circle. She said, oh, no, I'll do anything you want. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, they, they literally are earth angels. The support that you get um, that extends even beyond someone passing for mm-hmm. a year, I think it is. It to- is with yeah. counseling is just so important in part of the process too. For well, families. and Karen will come and because we're on her way home and okay. she'll just come knock on the door Aww. and say, I just came for a hug. Oh, <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. You got to get in here and talk to me. And well, uh, you build an intimate relationship, you do. I think, you when do. you're going through something yeah. like that. And uh, I remember one day with my dad, he, Karen came in and she said, well, how are you doing today, Mr. Osler? And he said, just one question. Why are the colors orange, green, and gold running down the wall? And she said, well, you're on your journey. 
you're on your way. Uh, and I thought, you know, here's a medical professional, mm-hmm. right? He's asking questions of, but it was something deeply spiritual that he was looking for. And she just, the, in her just way, guided him through that. And I thought, wow, that even helped me mm-hmm. to to know that, you know, the process was happening and yeah. to really pay attention to what was going on. So I'm forever grateful to her and Jim's entire yeah. team of people that um, ministered to us. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the entire team. Yeah. As you said, it's far more than the physical. It's the emotional. Mm-hmm. It's the spiritual. And so we want to make every discipline a part of our team, including the chaplains. And Absolutely. I know we can we can probably talk about the chaplain for a while, well, Marty. We're, oh, yeah. we're going to take a break here in about 30 seconds. And when we come back, I want to hear about that. Because yes. to me, that's really a pivotal and important piece of this that people need to be made aware of, is yeah. that there is that piece of it that will help uh, direct and guide you through a different, uh, difficult and challenging yes. time. So when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more from Jim Cooper, who is with via now or via. <laughs> via we are going via by way of via by way of um hospice yes and by by building community with a hope and a smile with your hosts margie and debbie we'll be right back folks Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Community Centered. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley, with my friend, Margie Kyle. Thank you, listeners. We want to thank you if you're um, streaming live on social media. If you missed the beginning of the show, you can find it on WSICnews.com or any of our social media outlets. Um, if you have any questions for um, Mr. Jim Cooper, you can call 844 844- 788-3464, and we would be happy to take your call. Before we went on break, we were talking about some of the um, hospice disciplines that there are, one of which is the chaplain. And Margie, you have a story to share about that. <laughs> so take it away, Margie. Well, or two or three. Oh, or four. many. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was an instant relationship with Rick and Lee. Mm-hmm. And Lee had fallen again. And Rick came over out of the blue. We had met him several times. And Karen was there. And um, Rick got down on the floor, held Lee for 40 minutes, and they cried together for 40 minutes. Bless his heart. I know. And he kept saying to Karen, nope, leave him alone. He's fine. He, He knew that's what Lee really needed. Absolutely. And... That it was a blessing, put it mildly, that Lee had that connection mm-hmm. to talk that openly and honestly to another member of hospice. I mean, those two just got along beautifully to the point where at Christmas time, Lee said to me, I feel awful. I, I can't get out to get you anything for Christmas. And I wanted to say, you could always go to Amazon, but I didn't. <laughs> Shop where you are. <laughs> but I said to him, why don't we have Rick renew our wedding vows? Aww. His birthday was January 19th. So Rick said, I can't think of anything I'd rather do. And so it was a lot of hospice people were mm-hmm. there. Karen was there. Linda was there. Mm-hmm. Um and we renewed our vows, and uh, my doctor, Scott McEwen, who your dad went mm-hmm. to, was there. And it was just a special time because Lee stood up. He had the energy to do that. 
and to talk about the end of his journey and the end of his life and how grateful he was to hospice. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, he took that fear away. Sure, he did. Of, you know, what's yeah. happening towards the end and mm -hmm. how how is he feeling comfort? How is he knowing that I will be okay? Mm -hmm. And... Um, why would you not call hospice? So I, if you're struggling with the question of whether to call yeah. or not, I would say go ahead and call. That's right. Because most people tend to wait too long and they miss out on a lot of support mm -hmm. that could have been theirs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So don't hesitate to call to ask questions at least. And then we can walk you through that. A nurse will get on the line and we'll just talk through the situation, where you've been, where you are now, and kind of what your thoughts are going forward. So well, it's And not I had known early. you for about 20 years. Right. And I said to Lee, okay, now that you're okay with this, I'm going to call my friend Jim Cooper. Yep. And I told you exactly what he had, what it was, because it was such a yep. new disease. You said, the nurses may want to take this to learn how to treat it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I love people's comments, which we're going to go into towards the end of what not to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, people don't call us for fun, though. But So if you're yes. struggling with, should I call, go ahead and call. That's right. You need information. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with asking questions, and there's no silly questions when you're looking at making decisions for your future. Yeah. And, and for your health care. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. everybody kept saying to me, you call them too soon. Mm -mm. And Karen said you can never call hospice too soon. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Medicare has some pretty strict guidelines on who's eligible for hospice. They want people to receive the benefit if they need it. But if a person is not showing enough need, then they'll say, wait till later. Yeah. So when we sit down with, with a family to talk about, are you eligible and what is going on? If you're not there yet, then we'll tell you, mm -hmm. and we will not admit a person under hospice. And at that point, we might recommend another lower level of care, typically right. called palliative medicine. And yes. that's a whole nother field, but under palliative medicine, people can still be pursuing a cure and a lot of treatments. They can still be aggressive with their medical care, but they would benefit from a consultant who will help them take a fresh look at, again, where they've been, yeah. where they are, and what their challenges are, and what their goals of care are. Some people are, un, are very unrealistic about their intentions and what they hope they will gain. <laughs> well, <laughs> families, denial serves people well, but sometimes it keeps them from yes. reaching out when they need help. Yeah. So we just walk them through that process, you're, never rushing anyone, no. but answering the questions that they present to you're us. You're really like a navigator. We're a navigator, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the via is so appropriate yep. because you're going by way of. Along Anna. beside. Well, yes. that so, makes sense to me now. Yeah. 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 It that sure does. really does. I love it. You know, we talk all the time at Hope House about transition, what that means. It's the space between what was and what will be. Mm -hmm. And that's really where this decision comes alongside of folks in hospice, too. Yeah. You're, you're talking about what that period could look like in transition. So, Margie, what are some um, ways that hospice served you in this transition when you were with Lee? We we know about the patient. Mm, we I know like about that. the care that, you know, the nurse brings. But for you personally, how did they help you? By by 
asking me how I was really feeling, Mm -hmm. how I was really dealing with it, Mm -hmm. and that it was very normal to feel the way I was feeling Mm -hmm. and to deal with it the way I was dealing with it. Mm -hmm. I think for us in our family situation, what was really very, very important and special for us was that whenever anyone from hospice came, obviously the patient was the most important, but we got a good 10, 15-minute Recap At least, yeah. of how were we, what did we need, how yeah. was our care going, yeah. how were we taking care of. So they were not only concerned about the patient, but mm-hmm. they were concerned about us as a family, which was so incredible because even though we had friends and family that were calling and, you know, dropping food and such, to have someone that you could relate to and mm-hmm. really tell the real details of mm-hmm. what was going on well, was so and important. Karen got up at one point and she said, let's go into your bedroom. Let me make sure that you have it arranged the way mm-hmm. that's best for you mm-hmm. and for Lee. Mm-hmm. And she just made a few simple changes, but it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. When you're caretaker, you sometimes don't see the simplest of things. Well, you go to work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You go to work taking care of the individual yeah. and you forget about yourself. Yeah. And the fact that the hospice team considers you part of that care in the care team is incredible. Yeah. Um, that they're recognizing that yeah. this is exhausting yeah. and yeah. a difficult thing for you. So, um, yeah. Well, and let me mention one thing that, that just reminded me of. Under the hospice benefit, under Medicare mm-hmm. or private insurance, whoever is covering the, med- the uh, hospice benefit, there are periods of respite for the family okay. where a per- the person under our care can go to an area nursing home or mm-hmm. skilled living facility or one of our hospice houses for up to five days with the understanding that the caregivers need a break from time to time. Ah, or maybe beautiful. they need to take a trip somewhere to yeah. celebrate another birthday or a yeah. family event, but a patient is may not be able to join yeah. that journey. Yeah, And so we will have periods of respite, uh, like you said, for the family members because you're in it for the long haul. Often you've been in it already for 10 years or 15 years. That's right. Or three days, whatever amount of time. You need to stay replenished as a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And you need to receive support from others so that we can do this journey together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you call it a journey yeah. because in, in our family situation, it was a journey. It, yeah. is. it was it absolutely is. Yeah. a journey. So much so my dad um, was in the airline industry that we really felt like it was a trip, right? And so when, when he passed... Speak his language <laughs> yes, when you're getting we did. We absolutely did. We, we took off. We, we, we landed um, airplanes in the middle of the room as we were going through that. So it really was incredible. And the journey is, is exactly yeah. what it Well, what it was. even... The celebration of Lee's life at the end. Mm-hmm. Hospice was right there yeah. for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, um, I know my husband and I gave Margie a gift of a Swarovski star, and I said, uh-huh. you know, it's in the darkest skies that we see the brightest stars. And I felt like I she that. was a superstar during this, <laughs> that she went through that. And I know when we come back from break, we're going to have a couple of tough questions or things for you, Mr. Cooper, of things that people should probably not say. Margie's going to help. She's Margie, take the lead. Margie's got her own experience, and she's going to tell us. I have a long list. Yeah. Some things that folks have uh, said to her in these past few months and um, what not to say when you lose someone. So we, when we get back, we're going to hear from Margie and Jim Cooper with Via 
hospice care. You're listening to 105.9 Community Centered. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley, and my friend, Margie Kyle of Little Smiles. We'll be right back. Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to Community Centered. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley, Executive Director of the Hope House Foundation, with my friend Margie Kyle, founder of Little Smiles, and we are listening to Jim Cooper with Via Hospice Via Care. Health Partners. One thing I want to recognize in this conversation before we talk about what not to say is I remember the experience that I went through with my dad, and I had this revelation of how it takes labor to leave this world almost as much as it takes labor to enter this mm-hmm. world. And it was a labor of love. Maybe that's where that term came from. But I want to encourage our listeners to have these conversations, open conversations Definitely. with the people that they love and ask about your wishes before the patient or person that they're caring for might not be able to express that. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, my dad uh, lost the ability to speak a few days in, and so we couldn't have those. And I knew, I know from experience that the hearing is one of the last sense, uh, senses to leave, but I wanted to make sure that his wishes were being expressed. Mm-hmm. So please have those conversations. Um, call Jim and his team if you need help with those conversations. He will definitely make sure that he gets you to the right people that will help guide you with that. I know it's a, a difficult, challenging one. And, and speaking of difficult and challenging <laughs> terms and things that people say, Margie, what has been your experience with... Some things that good-minded people have said to you. Ill- well-intentioned. Well-intentioned. But. But have said to you in this process of as you are walking, you know, I always say grief is something that you don't walk around. You walk through it. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes you go backwards on some days, depending. So what, what has that been like for you to hear some people <laughs> say some things? I honestly just shake my head sometimes and think they have no idea. Mm -hmm. And you don't have an idea unless you've gone through it. Absolutely. So um, I I think the one thing I've heard over and over and over is he's in a better place. Mm. I'm not. Mm. Okay. And so can you prove it? Right. I I got you. And the first one I said that to, she went, What? And I said, well, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I will be again, but right now I don't feel that I'm in a better place. Mm-hmm. So um, God needed another angel. That's one <laughs> that I just think I don't, I can't even. Not my angel. No. Right? No. <laughs> no. Or everything happens for a reason. Well, we all know that. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be said. Exactly. I think. Um, Somebody asked me about an, a week after Lee had passed if I was dating yet. <laughs> oh, Marty. And I said, am I what? <laughs> I didn't even go into that. That um, the, and the other silly one was somebody said to me, well, now that your husband's gone, what are you doing for fun? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. And my answer is always, well, I'm mourning. Yeah. And it's yeah. not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. You do get through it. And I want to emphasize that because if if you have strong beliefs and again, Lee and I had talked for four years. So I was very lucky mm-hmm. 
because I knew everything he wanted. Mm -hmm. And even up to that night, he was telling me what he wanted me to go do. And um, so that made it easier for me. Sure. But it doesn't mean that it's still not hurtful. Absolutely. And that you're going to have those hard, hard days. Um, the, the one thing I got the first month was, well, I'm sure you're moving, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, why? Mm -hmm. I just moved in here. <laughs> well, you can't stay here. Why can't I? Mm -hmm. You know, d d for people should not assume. Exactly. Exactly. Because you have no idea what that person's going through. Mm -hmm. They may be hanging on to that little last thread that that person left them. And moving is probably the last thing they want to do. Well, and that's the last thing that you need. Another right. move, another yeah. change, grieving over another right. new situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take your time. Don't make major decisions yeah. after you've had a major loss. Yeah. It's just good guidance overall. That's right. Yeah. I think people are are not intentionally... I think it just makes them uncomfortable. And so sometimes they just don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying something that's sensitive, they might just come out with something that they really haven't clearly thought about. And it's sort of an impulse thing. I think that's what um, I loved about the Dougie training that I got with children was this um, philosophy was that children were the great facilitators of death and dying. It was a matter of fact conversation that children would have, mm. which was, I'm dying. doesn't mean I'm, it means I'm not going to McDonald's tomorrow and I'm okay with that. And where I'm going, I'll get all the McDonald's I want in heaven. <laughs> so children were the great facilitators. And it, it, it was about having these conversations with our family and friends around dying. And yeah. so I think there's a lot of people that are just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And I've had a lot of people <clears throat> say to me, what would you want to hear? Mm. And I said, when you don't know what to say, less is always best. I think we had that conversation mm -hmm. not long ago. Yes. I'm Grandma always said, less is best. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm right. here for you. I like that mm -hmm. one. I am here for you. You call me any time, night or day. Mm -hmm. I am here for you. Yeah. Is the most comforting thing that anybody can say. Yeah. And you don't have to say anything else. Because that sums everything up. Yeah. I think the hardest thing that I have felt, too, is silence. Mm. You know, going to a board meeting where everybody knows what I've gone through and nobody says a word. Mm -hmm. You think, well, do they know? Do they not know? Mm -hmm. That feeling like you're the leper in the room, yeah, right? Like the leper so, just walked really in. really wrong with and, me now. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I think that's uncomfortable yeah, uh, yeah. for some folks to not know what to say or how to care for you or to know um, how to come alongside of yeah. you. And honestly, you know, we talk about hope all the time on this show. And hope is literally something that's invisible but yet can be seen. And I think offering your hope to someone... When I'm they're going through, uh, absolutely, is the most hopeful thing yeah. mm -hmm. that we can do to say, I, yeah. I, "I'm I'm here for you, yeah. Margie. I'm here for you." And I think I I think I did say that a couple yeah. of times yes, to you, you did. to say that I was here for you. You called after, and you said we had a big thunderstorm, mm -hmm. and you called me. And she said, "Your husband was up there playing hockey last <laughs> night." <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain of it, and that just made my day yeah. because it was fun. It was light. Yeah. And it was meant 
with love. And it's okay to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's okay. Absolutely. Jim, did you have a point you want to make? Well, I want one, one more thing, just to make sure that people think about reaching out and providing comfort and support to those who have had a loss six months later, mm. nine months later, because right. there's a lot of support from people. Again, those well-intentioned people, there's a lot of support for the first few months, the first few weeks to a couple months. But then sometimes the aloneness and the isolation yeah. hits, maybe yeah. six months or maybe at the one year anniversary of a loss. Mm -hmm. And so if you know people who have experienced a loss, just be one of those people who will think yeah. of them far after the loss. That's right. And, and just be sensitive, be yeah. thoughtful and ask questions. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Most people will want to talk. They will want to reminisce. Yes. And they will want to know that their loved one is still remembered. That's and right. impacting the world. That's yes. right. Even though they've been gone for a period of time. Yeah. We are yeah. writing permission slips today on community. There you go. There you for go. our entire community to be okay with having these conversations. Exactly. To be okay to check on our friends who have experienced a loss and to ask questions. Yes. yes. And to be yes. able to talk about it. Um, folks, again, I want to... Um, Jim, if someone needs to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, good, good. So Via Health Partners, our main phone number for looking for information is 704-375-0100. 704-375-0100. You can also look at Via Health Partners. Dot org, uh, via dot org, via hc.org. Um, people have known us for 40 years plus as a nonprofit organization in this region as Hospice and Palliative Care Charlotte region. Mm -hmm. They know us as that. We are still the same group, even though it has a different branding, a yeah. different name. Yeah. And I wanted to mention one other. Debbie, you mentioned working with kids for a period of time. In October, we offer a chameleon's journey, we call it. It's a grief camp for kids. Oh, beautiful. And I, it's, it's right in the middle of October. It's free to attend, but we don't want to forget the kids who have gone through a significant no. loss. Mm -hmm. When I talked about feeling alone, sometimes those kids feel alone, and they're the only ones who have gone through something that similar to what they've gone through. Yeah. We do not want them to feel alone. Okay. Well, and please remember little smiles can help. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Perfect co-op collaboration. Absolutely. Yes. Good. We do camp care every year for 200 kids with cancer. Wow. And wow. yeah, we yeah. would absolutely love to take that Good. on too. Good. Thank absolutely. you for remembering the littles, Jim. That's yeah. important. Absolutely. Of course it is. And to start those conversations early yes. with them too yes. about that. I think that to be a great well, facilitator. And that brings me to one more thing for anybody who has lost a child. Mm hmm. The worst thing you can say was, well, you can have another baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just is taking a knife and putting it right mm -hmm. in your heart. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. maybe, again, another permission slip is needed on how we take care of each other in our community. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of the message with Community Centered is that we want to build community with hope and a smile. And I hope today by listening to Mr. Jim Cooper that you have felt some kind of relief, some kind, you've learned something, that you know where to get in touch with him and his team, that maybe what Margie shared with you is encouraging to you that you might be going through a difficult mm -hmm. journey, but knowing that someone is fabulous as Margie um, mastered it and is still mastering it every day, mm -hmm. maybe might bring some hope and smile to you when you're going through this. So I want to encourage you to reach out to her, reach out to Jim. You can always call the station here at 
844-STUDIO-4 and get in touch with our fabulous man with the plan, Bill, who will answer (laughs) your questions or get you to the right places. But again, you are listening to Community Centered. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley with Hope House and Margie Kyle with Little Smiles. Thanks, everybody. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.